It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We've watched the film. We know what didn't work. Some things did work. Let's break it all down. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're joined by Bengals fans, Mike Santagata, going to break down some film takeaways about this offense, and we'll see if there's any time to talk about the defense. But the focus is, by and large, going to be on the offense today. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who subscribe, who follow and who make us your first listen. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer right now for Locked On Bengals listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. All right, guys, let's dive into the all 22 takeaways. We've seen the tape. We've, we've charted at least part of the game between Mike and myself. And the big takeaway for me after rewatching the game, watching the tape, Mike was that they found what worked on offense. It was just too late. They burned four drives. And by the time they figured out what worked and also threw a terrible interception and burned a red zone possession, it was just too late. Is that all? <laughs> well, I just... that, that, that was a big takeaway. But no, I want I, to get into. I meant, I meant, is that all it took to get to figure it out? <laughs> that's oh. all. Not you, what you said. Just the, the, the point is, there were some things that worked, and and so we're going to get to that. I want to start with the 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 big criticisms around play calling about not getting Jamar Chase the ball in space and these sorts of things. What are the concepts, Mike, that are missing? What are the things that you want to see? that they're not doing right now that you think could help against this preponderance of two high defenses the Bengals passing offense is facing? So it's uh, the one I've really been talking up a little bit on Twitter is just levels or drive. Same idea. Both are both of them are middle of the field, intermediate, high, low on those uh, linebackers, the hook defenders. When you're playing Tampa 2, you're playing quarters, six strong, cover eight, all that doesn't matter. You've got linebackers in the middle of the field that can be exploited. And this was Peyton Manning's favorite concept in Indianapolis. The inside most receiver, let's say from a, a trip set. So you have three receivers. The inside guy is going to go about 10, 11, 12 yards vertical. He's going to break in like a square, just a square basic in route. And then the number two guy whether they want to run driver levels is where it matters, but uh, drive, he's going to run a drag and get underneath those linebackers about four yards. And for levels, just the same thing, but it's more of a square cut. And I think that'll, you know, 
I like drive more just because I like getting that guy on the move in case they do run man coverage. But uh, against these zone looks like that, you've got the linebackers who are going to probably fall for that bait. They A lot of times they fall for the bait underneath. But if they don't, you have Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, whoever in that, num- in that number two spot and Hayden Hurst or – there's ways you can get creative with it, but the most basic would be with tight end on that 12 yard basic. And then number two is probably Tyler Boyd. And this gets Boyd crapped on receptions underneath. Just feed him, uh, what five, six yard passes, let him keep working. And if you want to get Jamar chase the ball, you can put him there. Or if they still want to come down underneath on chase, then you've got now a 10, 12 yard pass to Hayden Hurst. So to me, that, that's hard on single high because it's a little bit more flooded in the me- middle of the field, but we call all these two high coverages middle of the field open for a little bit of a reason here. These linebackers can be exploited middle of the field open. Let's attack it. Sands. Uh, there's been a ton of people over the past couple of days that have said, and I'm sure when you were just talking about what you just said there, that are, our listeners are like, man, you know how many teams have beat cover two? and how long it's been around, and how long Tampa 2's been around, and all of these things. Is it that simple? Like, it, it, is it that when you're when you're viewing and watching, is it as simple as this is what teams are doing, it's something we see across the league, and the Bengals just can't figure it out? Is it more multiple for these defenses, or is it that simple? Because if it's that simple, then, uh, well, I'm going to make a lot of faces and, and react to it. But I just want to make sure, when you're watching, and not even just this past week, but all season long, has it been as simple as this cover two stuff is, has screwed up and, and made the Bengals offense look like Andy Dalton's throwing to, to A.J. Green in 2022? No. I mean, what really happens to me is that these teams have been game planning specifically for the Bengals. They're really pulling towards Chase. They're trying to play everything Almost what fans always complain about, that soft zone. Everybody's backed up. Well, what that does is it takes away the explosive plays. That's why these defensive coordinators like it. That's why the Bengals can't get explosive plays because they're dropping their safeties and corners to 20 yards deep on the snap and the linebackers at 10 to 15. And offenses, every offense, I I think it was – man, it was a Seattle defensive coordinator I listened to before, but he basically said the only quarterback who ever wanted to take a check – and got excited about taking a bunch of checkdowns, it was Tom Brady uh, that they played. Everybody else, they get they get greedy. They just they they're gonna eventually take that ten yard shot, or they're gonna hold the ball and take a sack, something like that. So, I don't think it's so much of every other team. They know how to do this, and these Bengals coaches are buffoons type thing. It's it's more so they're really keying in on what the Bengals like to do, and they've t- kind of taken that away. And the inability to run the ball at all before this week also feeds into that. So there's a lot that went wrong, and I think that they do have a plan for it to work out. I just think they need to be a little bit more patient and consistent with it. I also think that the starts to games haven't been there, but I do agree that a big factor is certainly the the inability to run, to run the ball. And the Ravens reacted to this in a big way. When the Bengals figured out how to get the run game going out of the shotgun on Sunday night, the Ravens reacted. They started getting single high. They started getting Jamar Chase one-on-one opportunities. And, and you know, they didn't capitalize on all of those. But the run game, you know, for as much as it is a passing league, and I agree that it is, it is a passing league, if you can't run the ball for even four yards, four and a half yards of carry against these two high defenses where they're backing up at the snap 
on some of these plays where the Bengals are handing it off to Joe Mixon, where the safeties and linebackers are sinking instead of coming downhill because they're running it out of the shotgun, then they're never going to stop doing that because they can take away the explosive play and they're taking away the incremental plays. And so the ability to find those and incorporate some of these underneath concepts, drive, levels, getting the ball to the flats, hoss wide juke, bring it back. I miss it. Get, get some of those option routes going again. That, that could really help this team. And I, I wonder if we'll start to see it here soon. I do think that there are some like over overall trends in the right direction that you can take away from this game, but it was a frustrating start. And, and that's part of it for me is they're coming out and they have ideas of what's going to work. And they have this game plan for the start of games. And in three out of five weeks where they haven't started fast, it hasn't worked. And so I think examining some of these issues at the start of the game also matters. And, and it's also something that, you know, the players and coaches are talking about. Yeah. And you mentioned Hoswai Juke, but there's another uh, option route that I think would also be nice to get, again, Tyler Boyd. To me, Tyler Boyd is a little bit underused for these coverages they're getting. Um, I don't know. A little, why. a little, <laughs> you're, a you're actually getting to what I was, I was going to ask you next. Go ahead. I was trying to keep it nice, but yeah, he's being underutilized Ooh. a bit for all these coverages. Um, weak choice, just even tag to the backside of whatever concept they want to run. Weak choice is basically number one on the, it's an empty concept really, but the farther most outside guy, let's say on the left, there's two receivers. That guy, he just runs a clear out or maybe he runs a comeback. You can put whoever there. That can be Joe Mixon if you want. And, you know, if they're in zone coverage, the cornerback has to respect it. Inside of that, you have Tyler Boyd, and he has the option to slant or go out. That's this weak choice, Lucy, slop, whatever. It was huge for Michael Thomas, and it was huge for Cooper Cup. Two really good receivers, and they love this concept. Tyler Boyd's good at it too. You come up, kind of shuffle the feet, and then whether his leverage is to the outside of you or the inside makes the route. So if he's outside of you, cross him, get in front, and run a slant. If he's inside of you, give him a little jab and go out. And Tyler Boyd would be good at that. He's got good short area quickness, and he's smart. So I think that's something that's missing from this is I haven't even really seen it. They go empty, but they never run a weak choice concept, and I just – I'd, I'd rather see him do that than a lot of, uh, I don't know, they get him in the flat sometimes and all these other things. I just think, like, put him on the backside, make that an actual threat and challenge defenses on both sides of the field. Sands, I want to ask you about Joe Burrow, so we'll do that next. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life. It, it, it can be tough. You focus on the problems and not necessarily the solutions. Well, a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big, no matter how small. If you're thinking of going to therapy, giving therapy a try, well, BetterHelp, it's a great option. Convenient, accessible, affordable, and it's entirely online. So you want to talk about the convenience? You can do it from the comfort of your own home. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and if for some reason it's not a match, you can switch therapists at any time with BetterHelp. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NFL today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NFL. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I guess Jake wants me to ask you about Joe Burrow. I thought he was going to go, but I will go anyways. That's awesome, Jake. Thank you so much for for letting me go here. Uh, Joe Burrow, what the heck's going on with them, Sands? Five games. Doesn't. He's not coming off of the, the knee. I can't blame the appendix anymore. It's October, not July. Uh, he looks like Joe Burrow from a physical standpoint. He's got the swag like Joe Burrow pregame. And yet when we watch Joe Burrow in-game, he's not seeing Patrick Queen and throwing it directly to his former LSU teammate, which I know Patrick is going to like let him know about for the uh, – honestly, even in the offseason, regardless of what happens in that second game against Baltimore – uh, what are you seeing when you watch Joe Burrow right now? Honestly, it's weird because the thing that's the most odd to me about his game right now is he's not supremely accurate. And that's just something he's always been. is just a very accurate passer of the football. He puts the ball with great placement wherever he wants. And so far this season, there's been at least like one whoa type miss each game. I guess the Dolphins, there was a couple and that might have been his best game. He missed chase deep. He missed uh, another one over through it. So mm-hmm. that's to me the thing that's missing. And I can't really break down why I'm not a quarterback mechanic expert. Uh, I, I think there's a ton that goes into that. I've watched like five Chad Pennington videos and that's about it. <laughs> he does quarterback work. I was like, yeah, I guess I'll learn a tiny bit, but I'm like, I don't feel comfortable saying, well, his base and whatever here sure. and his shoulder turn. But when I watch them, they all say he has good mechanics. And then when, like quarterback experts. And then when I'm watching him, I I don't see anything really wrong. And then it's just once in a while, it's just that pass isn't perfect or the pass isn't exactly where it should be. And there was one play and I, this is the first time in forever, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's mind meld didn't work where Mm -hmm. Chase was like, I want to go deep and Burrow threw it back shoulder. And that just, that ball just flew out of bounds. And man, I think Burrow, I think Burrow was right, by the way. I think so too. Chase was right. I disagree. I think Ooh, okay. I think Chase had Marcus Peters stacked, and that's a touchdown if it goes to the end zone. Chase uh, Chase admitted afterwards he thought he was wrong too. So mm. it's interesting. I thought they're about even. I, now Jamar Chase probably faster than Marcus Peters, so I could see the validity in trying to go over the top for the touchdown. But I also don't see anything wrong with going back shoulder, getting the first down, and like 15 yards. It might have been like I think either way, if Chase was thinking back shoulder, I think it's complete. But I think he the the reason that I thought over the top was there is that it looked like he was starting to to get behind Peters to me on that particular play. And then the throw goes back shoulder. He lets off and tries to get back to it. It's just too late. He kind of sees that it's not going downfield. Maybe you can see where Joe's shoulders are pointing, where his where that throw is going. So he tries to react. And I don't know. We can we can disagree on that one too. Um are we off wrong. Of Burrow? I have another theory on Joe Burrow, which is not very well founded, but oh, oh, this is good. I, I don't know how true this is. You guys can tell me what you think. I, I think that there's perhaps a preference from Joe Burrow to find those isolated routes, find those one-on-ones, and just throw the one-on-one. And if he if he sees that there is a one-on-one, so what I'm thinking of is like the back shoulder to Hayden Hurst, that that is a good catch, goes for a first down. There's a whole concept going on on the other side of the field 
but he sees over here I have a one-on-one -on -one with Hayden Hurst, and I think I can put this high and throw back shoulder and get an easy first down here. Mm -hmm. I think that that play is a bit of a microcosm of he likes to find those one-on-ones and give his guys a chance, maybe a little bit more than he likes letting the concept play out and taking what may or may not come open off of the, the scheme, which kind of could go hand-in-hand -hand with this idea that the Bengals aren't scheming stuff open. What do you guys think? I think he likes to give all of his receivers shots uh, to win in those situations and maybe a little bit too much. But when you have such a talented receiver group, I understand. And look, I, I'm a big proponent of isolation, especially with this unit. Yeah. I, I'm not saying I it's think, a bad thing to be clear. Yeah. I'm just saying it maybe is a preference. It could be, um, but man, I haven't really focused on that. I guess uh, I could try to look more in depth about it. But when I remember LSU, it seemed like everybody was raving about whatever concept they were running, and it would be something that Burrow's reading out. But that, I don't know, because I do think you're right that whenever he sees those one-on-ones, he's taking it. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I just haven't looked at it enough. But uh, yeah, to me, I don't know uh, personally, but. I don't think it's a bad thing, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's the who that matters. If it's 85, if it's one, and then 88, depending. Yeah, I think Hurst is cer certainly earning his trust, and he's always left throwing to tight ends anyway. Outside of that, it, 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 I can't even throw Boyd in that, to be honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's like, oh, yeah, I'm jumping at this right now. I'm taking it for sure. So I think, it, I think the who – is the part that matters. Yeah. Chase is one-on-one. -on -one. It, it could be one-on-one -on -one him versus, you know, I already made a Jalen Ramsey. This week. I won't, I won't say Jalen Ramsey, De Deion Sanders in his prime. And he's going to laugh and throw at the Jamar. You know, it's just, it's, he just believes in him that much. I think he's got that same wavelength and trust in T and Hurst is, is certainly getting there. Yeah. I, I think that that is, all fair. And and you know what? He he's pretty good at finding those isolated routes when it's a mismatch, too. Like you talk about not taking TV. You know, th there's a play against the Jets where they get TV isolated on Mosley on an outbreaker. Mosley's sure. playing inside leverage. Like he he finds that and he's like, okay, yeah, if this if this safety goes where I think he's gonna go, I'm staying on TV the whole way here. And that's that's free yards. And so you know, if you can get TB isolated in the slot on a linebacker or whatever it is, or even even on a safety, you get him on those those choice routes, then you can start throwing those, and and that's a way to do it there too. So, you know, isolation is not in a vacuum bad, and and I think it's actually kind of ironic because people are like, all, all they do is they throw isolation, they're static, and they try to get these one on ones down the sideline. And you look at the interception he threw to Jamar Chase, and to me, this is everything that people want the Bengals offense to do. They, they have jet motion with Jamar Chase on this play. They go play action from under center on this play. And, and Joe Burrow turns around and, and throws a right at Patrick Queen. And, and so maybe there's a play design issue here. Patrick Queen is roboting out, which means he's coming up on the play action. And then instead of backpedaling out of the play, he's turning and running. He's rolling and, and dropping back out into coverage. And as part of doing that, when he turns his shoulders away from the line of scrimmage, turns away from the quarterback on the play to get back to his spot in quarters, he sees Jamar Chase who's jet motioned across the formation from right to left, runs a basic, runs a runs a dig, sorry, coming back toward the way he came from, and, and Burrow never sees it, and it lets Patrick Queen say, I'm going to ignore the flat, I'm just going to cover Jamar Chase, and if it goes to the flat, I'll try to get down there and make the tackle. So th there's there's a bit of irony there in that, like, I think this play does a lot of the things people want from the from the offense. It's got the dynamic motion. It's, it's trying to get Chase 
you know, into space, get him a free release, get him, you know, into a soft spot of his zone and trying to scheme something open for him. And, and then it's an interception. <laughs> so there's an irony there to me. Sure. I mean, that's the thing with Joe. I mean, how comfortable is he under center in, in doing the play action and turning his back? And will he get comfortable now that the offensive line appears to be a bit better pass blocking? We'll see. But I think they've certainly been better in recent weeks than they were to start the year and better than they were last year or his rookie year. So that's uh, that's part of it. I, uh, I, I Sansa, we got to ask, and we talked about the, uh, the intermediate part of the field a little bit. You said a 12-yarder to Hayden Hurst. Oh, boy, oh, boy, how much I would love 12 to Hayden, 15 to Boyd, 13 to Jamar. Uh, we're not used to, to hearing that, at least not as much this season. And I, I want to ask you about that. But maybe Jake will ask the first question. But first, I, I have to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source for all things football betting info this season, whether it is wagering on the Bengals, who opened as favorites against the Saints, or maybe you just you think that Joey B and the Bengals are going to turn it around and win the AFC North or win the AFC or finish the job this year in win in Phoenix, their first world championship. Well, you can wager on all of that and so much more, including the Major League Baseball playoffs, boxing, golf, MMA, and, oh, the NBA is right around the corner. You know how much I'm into the NBA if you've listened to Locked on Bengals. So start wagering today. I've won money at Bet Online, and you can too. Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's talk intermediate intermediate part of the field. Oh. The This is a place where Joe Burrow was excellent at LSU, was excellent his rookie year, was excellent his second year in the NFL and this year, leaving something to be desired. Many of his interceptions coming to this part of the field, then the 10 to 19 yard down the range, down downfield part of the field. What do you say, Mike? What's going wrong in those intermediate in the, on those intermediate throws? Is it the the concepts being called? Is it burrow processing, or is this mostly a week one issue? Uh, definitely, there's some week one to it, but like everything, one, like everything with the Bengals' offensive stats are like, yeah, the Bengals really turnover prone. This is really week one. Um, yeah, I so they run one of my favorite concepts and. I saw it take a little bit of heat on Twitter. Dagger. I love Dagger. It seems like Burrow loves Dagger. It seems like the coaching staff loves Dagger. And the way that I think it should be run in the modern NFL comes with a uh, trips, again, three receivers. Mm -hmm. The furthest outside guy runs the 18, 15-yard dig. The furthest inside guy is going to run your seam. And the second guy, well, you can flip two and three. If number two is running it, he has to really bend it. But one of those guys is going to clear everybody, clear out the middle of the field, the dig comes behind it. That's a dagger concept. Should be open. They should combine it with what Peyton Manning calls bulls. It's got a hundred names, sucker, race, rap. Uh, what it is is just like a little sit route. So this number two or number three, whoever's not running that 
deep middle of the field route. He should go up and sit right in front of that linebacker that's going to drop out and get inside the dig window. There's your conflict. If that linebacker stays tight to that sit route, there's the dig. If that linebacker backs up and gets into the dig window, you've got about eight yards of space in between those two things to hit that guy for five, six yards and let him run. So who you put there, you could put whoever you think is a good yak guy there. The best dig runner on the team is T. But I would say if you really want to do something uh, interesting, you could put Chase on that seam bender up the middle. They use Hurst a lot for that. But if you put speed there, that becomes a legitimate threat to split the two safeties and go down the field for a touchdown. So you're probably going to get a lot more respect and pool out of that area for whoever's on that dig route. And if they don't, you might have a touchdown. So that I don't, I've never seen them put the speed on the bender, but um, I think that would be an interesting wrinkle. It's one of my favorite concepts. I like, I think everybody on the team likes it, but the thing is it's really, they're only really, I don't know, 15 plus yard uh, cover two, two high beater. And uh, also, it doesn't really work against two-man unless the dig guy is a beast and can cross that guy's face and make a contested catch. So if they do sneak, uh, they look like they're playing Tampa or whatever covers that, you know, given the Bengals issues, then they end up playing two-man, it becomes a little bit of, uh, oh, crap, nothing's open. Luckily, he's pretty good at crossing the face in two-man. He's done it twice. A few times, and it's really (laughs) impressive. Sands' weekly film segment is the only place – right here on Locked on Bengals, where you could say speed bender and, you know, people would think about football. Anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to get that in there because it's it's true. Um, something Joe Burrow said on, on Sunday certainly stuck with Jake, and I've thought about it probably way too often since Sunday night when he said this. He said, well, if they're playing that way, we can't go deep. And essentially, and I'm paraphrasing it, but that's what he said. Fair, foul, because you just you literally just said, oh, well, we could get Chase running up the seam and maybe potentially splitting two safeties. And I thought about that and I'm like, well, I would take Chase to outrun any safety in the league. And suddenly I, I'm like, oh, I, I like the idea of that. So do you buy that or, or is that Burrow just being down after the game and frustrated and just misspeaking? What, what do you think? Sometimes I think it's true. Like the play that Jake talked about where Patrick Queen's going to roll back and get underneath the dig route of the play I just talked about that I don't think they ran correctly because they didn't have somebody sit down in front of him. Uh, So Queen didn't have anybody to threaten him. So then it doesn't become a high-low. It becomes a play action sucks him and we throw it over the top. I don't love that. Teams are not respecting the run from this team. And until they do, who cares? Uh, But the way on that play that the Ravens played was – I think both safeties immediately are backpedaling when they mm-hmm. see the run action. Hunter Center run action. They start back. No, it was gun. Uh, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's under center because we talked about the uh, he doesn't process under center as well as he does from the gun. Oh, so yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So I'm thinking of a different play. Anyway, yeah. under center. Maybe Jake's under center right now with this. Yeah. <laughs> he's My on bad. the speed bender. <laughs> anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> what did I do? He's got what did I do? Under center play action. And uh, the safeties didn't really respect it. They're playing quarters. The safeties are dropping at like 25 yards. That's tough. You've already got a 15-yard head start on whoever's trying to run down the field. And then the linebackers are all at like 15 yards of depth Like mm-hmm. when, by the time he turns around. So you've got nobody within 
15 yards of the field. The, all the stuff that the checkdowns and whatnot, like, yeah, that is there because they are yeah. selling out. It is almost prevent, like it's like right before the end of the half type stuff. And Burrow didn't check it down because he didn't see Queen. I think what he figured is Queen went out with the flat route, and then he saw Bynes, and he was like, "Ooh, I could fit this around Bynes," and just didn't see Queen there. Whatever. I you need to be able to check that. And then once you see Queen's not running with Mixon, and then the corner on that side is like twenty yards deep, you've got a, an explosive play by just throwing the, a two-yard pass. And mm-hmm. it's just taking what's there when they do something like that. Because when you do that, yeah, it's really difficult to create an explosive play through the air down the field. You are going to be able to get chunk gains just from short passes, but that is what I think of when Burrow says, "When they play like that, we can't go deep." It's because they are legitimately selling out to stop the deep stuff which obviously has the pro of wow all this underneath stuff has a ton of space and to me if if he hits mixon right that's a run essentially that an explosive run where eventually if you keep doing that they're going to get out of this too high and just say oh well they're going to keep taking this and eventually they're going to have to switch things up if if the Bengals are patient enough. They'll definitely play harder to the flats. They're, they're not going to just let the flats go totally unoccupied on first and 10, on under center play action. Yeah, like, first and 10, they dropped to 25 yards. It's crazy. <laughs> it was very are, respectful. And the other, thing, respectful. <laughs> the other thing about it is people are talking about like the Bills. Well, what about Josh Allen throwing against these two high plays from the Steelers? And one of them is a weird two high where the safety is like, came down because it's third and 10 maybe from their own two that's a 98 yard touchdown the other one is josh allen throwing the ball 60 yards so the the thing that i think of when we talk about sending jamar chase on the bender on the speed bender uh on dagger sending him to split the safeties is do we think joe burrow can throw the ball accurately 55 yards downfield if he has to to out throw the safeties who are over the top of that because where his speed is going to out You're talking middle of the, the field, safety. so I'd say yeah. Right, and so that's a throw that – have we seen him make that in the NFL? He, to like throw a guy can. open behind the defense, behind safeties that are that are like 10 yards, you know, 10 yards deeper than – I know he can throw that far. I Now, has he had time to do that? They did like their think, deep balls uh, last year weren't that, but I, CJ, I, mean, I think he's capable. Now, CJ he can't do it off plat- – he can't do it off of platform, you know, and – have a guy on it around his legs doing it but I, with I the think 12 yard drop and all these things like there's some things that like the bengals aren't doing that the bills can do i think sure the, the play some of it yeah the place you're talking about is a little bit like that uh deep ball to cj uzama in the first ravens game last year which was what like 35 40 yards down the middle of the field against marlon humphrey now that was a uzama makes a weird awesome cut and got opening at Sumfrey, but I don't see why if he can throw that, he can't throw a ball down the field in the middle of the field to Jamar Chase for 45 yards. It doesn't have to go 60 yards in the air. I mean, well, uh, that that's the reason it worked with Gabe Davis for, for, for the bills is because yeah, that's like, specific is because he can put it 60 yards in the air. That's what I'm saying is sometimes I'm not, maybe, maybe this team is a bad example on dagger, but I'm saying that sometimes if they're playing that deep, the only way you can get behind it is if you can throw the ball like 60 yards in the air. 
Oh yeah, the real velocity. The, the real prescriptive cure for the Bengals' woes with this real deep stuff and to generate these explosive plays is to run the ball effectively and hit mm-hmm. the stuff underneath until the defense stops cheating deep. If they can start coming down and playing normal defense instead of this really really soft prevent all explosive plays at all costs, then they're then they'll be able to get their explosive plays. So run the ball, which they were able to do. And I think that change in the run scheme and Mixon looks healthy. He's breaking tackles. He's bursting. You know, he's doing a lot right. P Ryan's running pretty well. The offensive line's blocking these plays better. So the run game, I think, is what is key to really opening this up. And I know that's old school football, but right now the run EPA is not far from the uh, pass game EPA, the expected points added. So it's a passing league still, but it is much closer now that defenses are selling out to stop the pass. And, and what a difference a week makes with you saying all that stuff about the run game, because what were we talking about just five days ago, you know? And so maybe the other Joe answers the bell and we're talking about him doing some awesome stuff against you know, cover two and in the honey badger and all those dudes in new Orleans, because they need to do something to get this in gear. And if it is the run game, great. I'm still not sold on that, but they need to do something. You're not sold on the run game, like being something that will open up down. No, you're not sold on the run game. Working. Like being able to run block. Yeah. High, like I'm more confident in them as pass blockers than run blockers. Still, either way, just get and, hit the underneath stuff then and whatever it is to just yeah, get, for you can sure. stop cheating. It, that's what I'm surprised about. Burrow was great at that as a rookie. Great. Like he, he was forced to do that because no one was getting open deep downfield. T mm-hmm. T just wasn't ready for it yet. You know, Boyd was okay underneath and, and AJ green just was not on the same page and getting separation at all. Mm-hmm. It's something he can do. We know he can do it. He He's even done it this year. Has to stay patient with it and and continue to give those guys chances. And and there are also some things the Bengals can do early in games with some of these other cover two beaters. If you're expecting to see it, ha- have have that built in. And and maybe they do. You know, I, I think that there is some of this. Also, like their ideas for the run game early in games consistently this year. Even when they've run the ball well at times, their early ideas in the run game just haven't worked. In this game, they have like two different crack toss or crack sweep concepts where they're trying to get Stanley Morgan to crack Odafe Oa and they're trying to get Tyler Boyd to crack JPP. How those plays are there. Those plays are huge gains if they get the well, good gains at least if they get the crack blocks. And they've run crack well before. Like they've had really nice plays on crack toss in the last, you know, year and a half. And it did not go well to answer your question, James, in, in this particular That's a game. tough Both ask. Those, it it's is, tough but, ask. but they do it. And like teams sure. do it. Like it's not like a terribly uncommon thing. It's just in this particular game, those guys both got upfield before the crack blocks could get home. And maybe that's the way they're running, running those plays, Mike. But last question real quick is what do you think about the wide receiver splits on those crack plays early in the game? Is that the way you would want to see it run? Uh. I like the first one. I just thought Stanley, my my favorite, the fullback yeah. of the team, he took right. a fat L. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing else around it. You know, he just lost. The other one, I think, boy, was a bit wide. But I remember, I, I mean, I think those plays work a little bit better when defenders love getting upfield, like sprinting downfield. I think of the Raiders game. Boyd runs a crack on Max Crosby. And Max Crosby took himself out of the play. He ran so far upfield because the Raiders mm-hmm. under Rod Marinelli like those guys to sprint upfield, shoot the gap, try to get to the quarterback. 
that he ran so far upfield, Boyd just had to just like basketball moving screen him instead mm-hmm. of do anything like really tough. When those edge guys, they can feel that crack coming, and then you know it's it's just tough as a wide receiver. If they know that block's coming, you're kind of screwed. If you can either get them to go upfield and just seal them off, or you can get them where they're not expecting it, then it'll work. But it is tough ask, and running it twice in the first quarter was odd. It wasn't a crack toss or whatever. It was like this weird power sweep on second and 12. And yeah. It really felt like Zach Taylor was just kind of reading the script and just going like, yeah, we're supposed to run this play next. Even though the crack toss went for negative two, it was like, no, second and 12. I don't think we should be running this, coach. But uh, anyway, uh, that's a different complaint. Uh, real, it, real quick. Didn't like that spot for it. Crack toss, speed bender, feel that crack coming. All football phrases that Bengal Sands has used today on Locked on Bengals. Football is a game where everything is jargon and nothing means anything until it does. And that's the end of our show. We're back tomorrow with deep the chase up the seam, deep the chase up the seam. Sands just put it in, in I'm just hammering it home. So the Bengals coaching staff does it and uh, chase runs past honey badger this week. Go ahead, Jake. We're crossing over tomorrow with Ross Jackson of locked on saints. And we're previewing the game. It's already time to move on. We're ready to get past two and three to get on to whatever two and week six holds. And hopefully it's three and three homecoming for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. That should be a little bit of fun down there. We'll see what the crowd looks like in new Orleans until next time. Bengals fans. Thanks for listening to the lockdown Bengals podcast who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.